Well, you know, when, uh, when we praise and worship God like this, why, what we're really doing is celebrating the goodness of God. And you know, God is all good. He's absolute good. There, there's not one bad thing in him. There never has been. There never will be. You know, in fact, over, and, and God's for you. I mean, that, that's the wonderful news. The creator of the universes is for you. You know, over in Isaiah 54, why Isaiah's prophesying about when Jesus has a resurrection from the dead. And he says, from that time on, God makes a covenant. And every time you see a rainbow in the sky, that covenant that God is always for you, is that rainbow is a reminder. And that's sealed by the blood of Jesus. You know, God's for you. He says over in 1 Corinthians 13 that he thinks the very best of you. He always stands his ground in defending you. He's loyal to you no matter what the cost to him. And he chooses not to notice when you make mistakes. In fact, if you allow God to, he'll take every mistake that you make and turn it into a miracle. If you allow him to, he'll take every setback you run into and make that a setup for your promotion. God is for you in that way. He is for you. That's one th you, you can stand on that. You can count on that in your life. If the creator of the universe is for you, what can stand against you? You know, God says that nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing, the apostle Paul says. God's a good God. And he wants to show himself good to you all the time. Praise God. Well, we're going to move on from this worship time, but why don't we greet each other as we do? Man, you're a great-looking bunch of people today. Everybody's got their flannels on, I see. Man, you folks online, th thanks again for joining us. Man, thanks, thanks for being part of our family. It's, it's so much better because you've joined us today online. Um, it's my privilege to receive God's tithes and our offerings this morning. And um, we've got some ushers around here with envelopes. And if you're giving cash and would like a tax receipt for your giving, well, just raise your hand, they'll get you an envelope. If you're making out a check, why well, it's Destiny Church. Um, uh, if, if, you're, uh, if you're joining us online, why well, there's an address up on the screen uh, where you can mail to. Uh, and then also there's a, uh, there's a text number there. That's a very convenient way to give, and that's on the screen also. Um, so, uh, man, when, when we give, I always like to stand on some scripture. And um, because, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I never give nonchalantly. Um, and so, man, we're, we're good on time. If you give me three minutes, we'll, we'll go somewhere here. Um, you know, God says this in Psalms 35. He says that he delights in the prosperity of his sons and daughters. Well, I mean, of course he does. I mean, there's not one parent in this place that doesn't want your, your kids, young kids, old kids, whatever kids, to have more money. And, and, and God thinks the same way. In fact, God says this over here in 3 John 2. He says, I wish above all things that you would prosper. But you know, God uh, makes it clear how we prosper. Over in, uh, over in Genesis, why, um, why this is... Uh, God says this, and it's right after the flood of Noah's time and the world is starting up again. God makes this statement. He says, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. So if you're going to prosper on this earth, why, well, you do it by sowing seed and then reaping a harvest. You know, one thing I've noticed about Christians, we're real good about sowing seed, but we're not as good about harvesting. But you know, I, I, in my whole life, I've never seen a cornfield planted where there wasn't an extreme expectation of a great harvest. And, and you know, it's the same thing, whatever you do, if you do it with excellence, sowing it as a seed, you should expect a harvest from God. You know, God says over in Hebrews 11:1 1, that um, it's impossible to please him without expectation. If you're going to come to God, why, you got to believe he is and that he is a rewarder. That's that harvest. He is a rewarder of those that seek him. And so, so that's why Jesus said this. Uh, well, 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 think of this. You know, the, the centurion, the Roman centurion, that, uh, that Jesus was amazed by his faith because he said, speak the word only. Man, that was expectation. That centurion just expected that God was going to do what he said. And that faith, that expectation amazed Jesus. And, and that's why he, Jesus said this over in Luke 6, 38. He said, if you will give, you'll get. If you'll give, you'll get. 
God needs his sons and daughters to get good measure pressed down, shaken together if the kingdom of God is going to continue to expand and cover the earth. So, so I'm going to pray over our God's tithes and our offerings this morning, our seeds. This is a seed. But when I do that, I want everybody in here that's given to name a harvest. I mean, it's a terrible thing to throw seed away. So I'm going to agree with you on whatever harvest it is that you name. And, and all of us will agree together on our expectation of receiving that from God. Boy, in Jesus' name, we just take these, uh, these seeds in hand, your tithes, God, and our offerings. We sow them a seed, but we, we're expecting, according to your word, we, we're expecting harvest. Everyone in here has got a need, has got something they want. And they're believing that for you today as a soul. Thank you, God. You always do what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, ushers, you can serve the people. Um, I've got a few announcements here. Uh, family service Wednesday night at 6.30 uh, for adults at the church here and for children at the church here. And then, of course, we have our, our youth meet uh, at, at the Destiny Fitness every Wednesday at 6.30. Um, uh, this Wednesday night will be the last of our relationship sessions. Um, boy, we've, we've been having such a great time. And I, and I just feel like we've really, uh, we've really grown. And so, man, just welcome you Wednesday at 6.30 here at the church. Uh, there's prayer every Sunday morning at 9.15 in the mother's room. Uh, that's back by the kitchen and the dining area. And then there's ladies' prayer every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. at the church. Hey, there's a ladies' Christmas tea coming up Saturday, December 11th. If you would like to decorate a table, talk to Charlotte Leaders or Linda Wellman, and tickets are available for $10 each. And boy, I just would encourage you um, to, to get your tickets now. I mean, we got space for about 100 people here. So, man, after that, why, we're filled up. But, but buy a ticket, even if you don't know that you can come. If you, can't, if you end up not being able to come, why, give that ticket to somebody that's never been to church before. The, the ladies have a great time at that tea, and so, so talk to Linda or Charlotte about getting your ticket. And then, uh, and then the last one is, uh, just same as always, um, when church is done, uh, I'm back in the foyer at the table there, um, and we, uh, particularly now, if we haven't gotten your telephone number so we could text you to inform you, like say there's a snowstorm and we're canceling church. I don't want anybody to have to drive out here in a snowstorm and then find out the church was canceled. So if, if you give us your number, why we can let you know those kind of things ahead of time. Also, you know, sometimes why people will call and ask for the church family to pray for them. So we can text you that. Uh, if you've got any questions about the church, why, why, uh, why bring them to me? I'll, I'll get an answer for you. And, you know, we're always trying to improve. So if, if you've got ideas of something we could do better, why, why let me know and we'll, uh, I'll bring it to the folks in charge. So, uh, man, Steve's going to bring the word. Let, it's going to be great. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Well, you guys launched out in this weather today. Good for you. Way to go. You are the brave, the proud, the few, the brave, the, what is, I don't know how the saying goes, but anyways, you are, you're it. So welcome to church. Um, I'm going to preach this morning or talk this morning about something. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2. I haven't talked about this for years. So, and I don't know why, I mean, I wasn't like um, hearing sermons on this or anything but I was just praying uh, yesterday or the day before, and all of a sudden this kind of came up inside of me. And so I just thought, I'm going to talk about this. And it's kind of a controversial subject in some areas of Christendom. But uh, we're going to look at the scriptures on it. I believe that you'll get a blessing from it. Um, but I've been talking when I've been talking, because you've had some great speakers other than me, which I think you need to hear other people other than me. And uh, so... Uh, but uh, I've been talking about foundations, like we were going through the solas. And uh, one of the things that we talked about when we were going through the solas is that the great words, redemptive words in the Bible, are, are, cl are classified as gifts, like eternal life, which how many know that's an important one? It's, but it's, it's called a gift. How many know righteousness is an important one? Righteousness is called a gift. Justification. These things are gifts. And when you think about it, I didn't make it a gift. God did. And so when you make it a gift, if you ask, if you put requirements on it, 
then it's no longer a gift. The only requirement there is, is to receive it. That's the only requirement. And sometimes, you know, we have a hard time receiving, but, but it is a gift. Just turn to your neighbor and say, it's a gift. You know, even Jesus is called the heavenly gift. He's called the heavenly gift. And the, the famous verse in Christendom, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave. So what did he give? He gave Jesus as a gift to us. Now, he has to be received, but, he, but he, he's given as a gift. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. And again, in Acts chapter 2, in verse 30, 38, Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost after they had received this gift of the Holy Spirit. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There was 120 in the upper room that all received this gift. And when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in a heavenly language. And, you know, when you think about this experience, because it is an experience subsequent to salvation. Uh, salvation qualifies you for this gift, but it is, there are two different things. You know, like I used to work for the Billy Graham Association. Do you want to hear my joke? Well, how many know what it is? He used to write his sermons. And what's my next line? No, I really didn't. I'd have done a lot better job. But no, I, I just, I was one of his flunkies. But, but anyways, uh, you know, most of the people that worked there were kind of, we, we call them fighting fundies. You know, they're fundamentalists, well, which I believe I'm, a, I'm fundamental too, but, um, but they, they, they were like cessationists. Is that how you say that word? In other words, that these things have all passed away. But you'd have to say that the Holy Spirit has passed away to say that all these things passed away. And he hasn't passed away, and we still need him. And we need to learn to cooperate with him to, to fulfill the ministry of Jesus in the earth today. And so there is a, a subsequent experience to salvation. You know, like I say it like this, is, and, and let's read Acts chapter 2 first. It says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, or in the, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, now listen, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So they had just witnessed 120 people speaking in foreign languages. They, it says that uh, a uh, fire came upon them, cloven tongues. It, have you ever seen a picture of Pentecost uh, where somebody draws it up? They have like a little Bic lighter flame. But I don't like that image. I like the image of a total person engulfed in flames, okay? That's what I like to look at. I, I like to think about it that way. And so it says that they were all filled with, uh, fire came, came upon each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so I think that if God would have asked me, Steve, what do you want as the evidence of this infilling? I wouldn't have picked other languages, if you had given me a list of four, four choices and other languages would have been on there, I would not have checked that one because that is the most controversial one, but it's actually in the Bible. In fact, the New Testament, you can prove the New Testament, almost all of it, every, every letter was written by somebody who spoke in tongues. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he wrote like, well, I don't know, two-thirds of the New Testament. The, the apostles, Peter... Uh, Matthew, John wrote several books of the Bible and they were up in the upper room. They spoke in tongues. And so when you think about it, if Paul was here today, which church would he be a part of? That was like a, what's your name, Bill? It rhymes with hill, you know. I mean? he, he would be a part of a Holy Ghost church, right? <clears throat> He'd be a part of a church that, because he told the Corinthians, I speak in tongues more than y'all. And so here's the distinction. So, so we see here that the Holy Spirit is, the, is called the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing you have to understand, is that Christ, Christ is God's gift to the sinner. And I want you to write this down if you take notes. Christ is God's gift to the sinner. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. 
If you are not a child of God, then the Holy Spirit isn't for you. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. You have to be a child of God to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, that's why when you look at the New Testament, when they would go preach, when they preached, they, they never, like, when they, like, for example, Philip went down to Samaria, he didn't preach the Holy Spirit to those people. He didn't say, hey, how would you guys like to receive the Holy Spirit? No, he preached Christ to them. He preached Christ to them because their, their issue was they were not children of God. They had not been born, born again. They needed to receive Christ. So he preached Christ to them. And the Bible says that they gave heed unto Philip, seeing the miracles that he did. And they, were, they believed. They were baptized in water. Then later, it says, the apostles came down and laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Right there in that story, you can see that there's two, two experiences. One is receiving Christ because Christ is God's gift to the sinner. One is receiving Christ. And then later, they received this, what, what we call the Holy Spirit, God's gift to his children. Because they were children of God, they believed on Christ. They were water baptized. And then later, the apostles came and laid hands on them. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they were filled with the Spirit. And so, the gift of the Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. Amen? And so, every single one of us, that's why when you see that pattern, so in other words, when I do evangelistic work, I've done a lot of evangelistic work, I don't get up and say, how would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? Because if they're not saved, if they're not a child of God, they're not in a position to receive this. I want you to look at a verse over here. Look at um, John chapter 14. Look at John chapter 14. It says in verse 17, it says, Jesus is talking here. He said, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. You notice what he said? When he's talking about the Spirit of truth, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, this gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. The sinner cannot receive him. Now, there is a work of the Spirit in the sinner, sinner's life to bring him to Christ, but it's not called receiving the Holy Spirit. So because it says there, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But Jesus talking to his disciples, you know him, talking about the spirit of truth. For he dwells with you because he was in the person of Christ. He dwells with you and he shall be in you. There's a day coming when the Holy Spirit will be in you. You'll be empowered to be witnesses of me. And so it's important to see that. That um, the world cannot receive the, this gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the early church did not preach the gift of the Holy Spirit to sinners. You know, the Apostle Paul, like I said, Philip preached Christ. You see that where they, when, they were going to, um, when they were going to talk to sinners, they would preach Christ, what he did for them. That he died for their sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, third day, rose again from the dead according to the scripture. They would preach Christ. But then in Acts chapter 19, let's look at that verse. I think I got it up there. <clears throat> Acts chapter 19. Notice it says that Paul came to, uh, it says it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus. Came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Everybody see the word disciples? Say the word disciples. disciples. So were they disciples? They were disciples. He said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you re they've received Christ. But he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we have not so much as heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They, didn't, they, they were ignorant of this gift. But they were followers of Christ. They were disciples. They were believers. How many can see that? And so, but here's what I want you to see is Paul is not talking to sinners. He's talking to disciples. He's talking to, we would say, Christians, which is a term that we use. He was talking to Christians. And when he's talking to Christians, he said, have you received this, a gift, this gift of the Holy Spirit? Because you're a Christian, you're in a position to receive this gift. Because you're a Christian. Every Christian, you don't need this gift to go to heaven. You need this gift to have heaven on earth. It gives you a little bit of more heaven on earth. Amen. We'll talk about what the purpose of it in a minute here. But I just want you to see that is that when the early church 
preach to sinners, they preach Christ. Why is that? Because Christ is God's gift to the sinner. When they found believers, they said, have you received the Holy Spirit? Because if you're a believer, you're in a position to receive the Holy Spirit. Notice in John chapter 7, if you look at this verse here, I'm, I'm giving you a lot more verses this morning because maybe some of you are unaware of this. And so I want to give you a scriptural basis. Like I said, I, when I worked for Billy Graham, I used to argue with the fight and fundies. We argued for hours. I mean, and, and actually, the way it started was, um, I grew up in a, we, call them, we used to call them full gospel churches. Now I think they call them charismatic churches. I don't know what they call them. Pentecostal. Sometimes the word Pentecostal has like some, you know, we don't cut our hair, we don't wear makeup. So it's that, that we're not, we weren't Pentecostal. We all wore, I didn't wear makeup, but I mean, the women wore makeup. <laughs> and they cut their hair and they wore jewelry and stuff. But the guys, now the guys wear jewelry. But, but anyways, back then the guys didn't wear jewelry. But, um, but anyways, but I was raised in a full gospel church. And we had an evangelist come in one time. And he had gone into the schools and he gave like drug talks. And the church would fill up with kids at night. 2,500 kids filled this uh, old uh, uh, theater. And then one time he, um, he, he said, he said, I'm going to have a service where I'm going to pray for the people to receive the baptism of the spirit. So he had a lot of kids get saved. It was really a powerful time. He had a lot of kids get saved. And so then one night he, he prayed for all these p- kids to get filled with the spirit. It was like 500 kids. And he didn't lay hands on them. He just said, just prayed, Holy Spirit fall on them. And we were kind of standing around, you know, praying and all of a sudden, I just watched these kids just bang, 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 just start getting filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues. And, um, you know, I've traveled, I've been like to 25 different countries, and I haven't preached in all those countries, but a lot of them I have. And I've laid hands on people in just about every country to receive the baptism. I've, I've laid hands on hundreds of people to receive the baptism of the Spirit. And even dumb, ignorant people that don't know anything I just say, receive the Holy Spirit. And man, the power of God comes upon them. And they start shaking, stammering lips sometimes. And, uh, and, and then they, they, God gives them a heavenly language. And we'll talk about what that heavenly language is. But first of all, let's, talk, let's use a couple more verses here. So look at John chapter 7 and verse 36. It says, He that believeth on me, this is Jesus talking, on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Shall flow rivers out of his belly. Everybody point at your belly. Out of your belly. I'm not trying to be vulgar, but I'm, I'm just saying that that's kind of where it comes from. You know, when I, um, <clears throat> when I received the Holy Spirit, what's kind of funny was I got saved dramatically. At least it was dramatic for me. And um, I got saved. And the friends I had, we were all kind of anti this. We were kind of like, nah, we don't need that. We're, we, we got enough, you know, whatever. And so one night I went over to one of my friend's house and, um, and, and him and his dad were having this big heated argument. And, um, and so I walked in on an argument. And what, was, what it was, was his dad was spirit filled. And his dad was saying, you need this, telling his son that you need this. And then he, when I walked in, he started on me. You need this. And I'm going, no, I don't, I don't need it. No, I don't need it. And so we, I got into the argument with him saying, I don't need it. I don't, need, I don't want it. I don't need it and I don't want it. And so what happened was, um, so we, at our church, every, we had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. So after every service, some, some, not a lot of people did this Sunday morning, but Sunday night, we had a prayer room behind the stage. And so every Sunday night, the pastor would say at the end of the service, if you'd like to pray, you can go back to the prayer room. It was a huge prayer room. It had red velvet, thick, lush. I can't tell you how many times I slept on that floor because <laughs> I tried to pray, you know. I mean, I was pray- I did pray some, but it just felt so good. But anyway, and then for some reason, the heater must have been close because it was warm there too. She had chandeliers. It was really pretty. So I'm, I'm kneeling there praying, you know, and, and, and some people are praying in tongues. But I'm just in my little corner praying and minding my own business. 
Just enjoying the Lord. Lord, I love you. You know how much I love you. Hold nothing back, Lord. I just love you. Thank you for saving me. And all of a sudden, I felt somebody lay hands on me and start to pray. And I recognized it was my friend's dad, the one I had the argument with just like three days earlier. And he's, this is what, you know what he's doing? Fill him with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I got mad. I said, the nerve of this guy. I told this guy I don't need it and I don't want it. So I just kind of shut up, you know, just sat there. And he goes, fill him with the Holy Ghost. He kept going. He was one of these, uh, you know, one of these Pentecostals, you know. You know, he's a jerker and stuff, you know. So he's, you know, he's filling with all egos. And he's jerking my head. And I'm just, I'm angry. And I'm sitting there. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm just going, I can't believe it. The nerve of this guy. And I was close to just turn around and say, listen, you. But I just, I just, I thought, well, you know, respect your elders. So I just sat there. All of a sudden... It felt like, and I know you don't go by feelings, but it felt like somebody was pouring oil on the top of my head. And I could recognize that, I could recognize the Holy Spirit. And I, all of a sudden I, I started going, something's happening here. And before I knew it, I was on the floor with my little, two little wicked hands in the air. <laughs> they weren't wicked, I'm just kidding, but... And I was praying in this, un, this heavenly language. And uh, so I got forced into it. <laughs> Anyways, John 7 again. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then he said, this spake he of the spirit, which they, had, they which believe on him. Notice who, who would receive this. Those that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So it was, it was the ones that believed on him that got into a position to receive this, this gift. If, you, if you're not a believer, you're not in a position to receive this gift. If you're, not a, if you're not a believer, you need to receive Christ and be born again. You need to have a spiritual experience, a spiritual rebirth. Amen. So that's what you need first. But once Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and you are a child of God, you are now in a position to receive this gift. Look at Luke chapter 11. It says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, how many know that God's not everybody's Father? Jesus said to the Pharisees, You are of your Father. How many can finish that sentence? The devil. You know, the, the devil. You are of your father, the, you know. And, and actually, John picked that up and says there's two, two groups of people, children of God and children of the devil. So not everybody is, God's not, they're not everybody's father. But he said, but he said, he said to these people, his disciples, if you know, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how many of you fathers like to give good gifts to your children? He calls you evil or carnal. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? You know, I remember when I used to argue with the fighting fundies. You don't mind if I bring this up, do you? I used to fight with the fighting fundies. Um, one of the things they used to always tell me was, well, I knew a person who was speaking in tongues and there was a missionary there, understood what they said, and they were cursing God in a foreign language. How many ever heard that story? I said, I want you to tell me who that is. I'm going I'm to follow, I'm going to look this story up. Well, I don't remember who it was. Yeah, you never remember who it was. When it's baloney, nobody remembers who it is. But here's the thing. That story is a lie because it says right here in the holy written word of God that if God is your father... And you ask him for uh, the Holy Spirit. He will not give you something foreign. He will not give you a wrong spirit. But he'll give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask. In fact, the verses before that talk about if, you, if a son would ask his father for, for bread, he won't give him a stone. If he asks for fish, he won't give him a serpent. Then he goes on to the rest of this verse. And so 
I, I deny that story. It's a lie. And uh, I'm not saying that Satan couldn't counterfeit it, but it's, it didn't happen to a believer. So both of these verses tell us that the Holy Spirit is given to those who are believers. How many know that's true? Those who are believers, those uh, whom God is their father, your heavenly father. So again, let me say, Christ is God's gift to the sinner. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. And so like, this is one argument that they use a lot where they'll say, well, the, the deal is this. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he is. And when you receive the person of the Holy Spirit in the new birth, that's all there is. Well, I understand that argument. The Holy Spirit is a person and there is a work of the spirit in new birth, in the new birth, because you're born of the spirit. But the thing that you have to understand is the Bible says that talking about Jesus, that that Jesus had the spirit without measure. Jesus had the spirit without measure. So why would you use a word like measure if there's only one measure? He had the spirit without measure. That means that people can have the spirit by measure. So in other words, when you're born of the Spirit, you have the Spirit, you have a measure of the Holy Spirit. It's like a jar of water. There's water, there's water in the jar, but just keep drinking or just keep pouring it in until the jar gets full and overflowing, and that's what you want. You want to be filled. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Are you guys all shocked? Okay, good. So anyways... Um, so I used to argue that that was one of the points that they brought up. But the Holy Spirit is, has not passed away. He is still active in the earth today. We still believe in gifts of the Holy Spirit. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. I mean, I've had gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life hundreds of times over the years. Hundreds of times. And I thank God. And sometimes God will reveal it through dreams. And sometimes God will show it to me like in a vision. I'll see something when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody. I remember one time I met this guy. This is years ago. I met this guy. I always tell stories years ago because sometimes if I tell a present story, you might figure out who it is. But years ago, I met this guy and, um, and I shook his hand. And as soon as I shook his hand, I, this, this thought, this inspired thought came to me. This guy is a wolf. And, he, and he's after one of the girl, ladies in the church. And he's, he's doctrinally messed up. And I thought, okay. So I said, well, what, what's your name? He goes, the wind. I'm not making this up. That's what he said. I said, well, okay, breezy. Uh. <laughs> so I told that girl, that lady, because she was trying to help him. And he was like one of these guys that got saved. And then he got married and divorced. You know how he got married and divorced? He got married out in the woods. I said, I said how, how did you get married? He goes, I was married, now I'm divorced. I said, how did you get married? Where, where, who married you? Oh, we didn't have anybody marry us. I said, oh, okay. We went out and I think it was, I can't remember if it was a woods or the mountaintop or something. And we just got married and committed adult, uh, fornication out there. And I don't know how they got divorced that they, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they went out to the same tree or something. I don't know. <laughs> but this guy was, wha- yeah, Valley. He, this guy was wacko, you know what I mean? I'm telling you. But I'm just saying that that was just like one example. I could give you hundreds of examples of just like something like that. But the Holy Spirit is active and wants to reveal things to us. He wants to show us things. You know, Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit has come, he'll show you things to come. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that's what, what he'll speak. And so the greatest thing that you can have is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. My kids tell me sometimes that, well, some of them tell me this, that when they invest, and, and sometimes they're right, because they're always trying to hear God. You know, I, I heard a preacher say this one time years ago. He said, the, the Lord spoke to him and said, if you learn to listen to me, I'll make you rich. If you learn to listen to me, I'll make you rich. And that preacher said, I learned to listen, and he did. 
I know that strikes some people wrong. Because we, we, don't, we don't focus on riches. We don't focus. We're not like, gimme, gimme, gimme. But, but God wants us to be prosperous so that we can be a blessing in the earth. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to the place where somebody has a need. You go, I'd like to help you, but I got nothing. I, mean, I can give you a button. I mean, have you ever been there? I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been on the bottom of the barrel with the barrel on top of me. I mean, talk about poor. I mean, I, I'll tell you stories, but I mean, what, what happened was I learned to listen. I mean, I'm not, I haven't done it 100% right, but I've learned to listen, and God has blessed my obedience. Amen. And he'll bless yours, too, but we, we have to learn to listen. I don't know how I got off on that. That was a little, that was a little side journey. But i got to get to my sermon. That, I haven't got to it yet. So are you, are you encouraged by that? So the Holy Spirit has not passed away. You should expect the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Now, I don't mean by that, you know, if you go to a, have you ever been mentally evaluated, they'll say, do you hear voices? I'm not talking about voices. I'm talking about impressions and, and senses. And sometimes you'll, you'll hear something but you have to be careful about voices, okay? I remember, you want to hear a funny story? So I taught on this one time when I was a pastor in Minneapolis. And so this guy, he was in the church there, and he was going to school at the University of Minnesota to be an architecture. Architecture. Architect. I can hear it. This doesn't come out right. But um, so he said that he was in the library, at the University of Minnesota, and he's sitting there studying, and all of a sudden he hears this voice say inside him, say, get up and preach to these people in the library. And so he takes two chairs out, stands up and says, hey, everybody, let me just tell you. And so he preaches to everybody. And this is the University of Minnesota, so there's a lot of people there. Then he goes, if you want to find out how to receive, preaches to them all, I'll be outside the door, just come and meet me there, and I can pray with you. So um, the librarian comes out and says, don't ever do that again. <laughs> so then he's riding the bus on the way home, and guess what? He does the same thing. And the bus driver says, if you do that again, you won't be able to <laughs> ride the bus. So you have to become an expert at discerning what is the voice of God. And you can, though. You can become good at it. How many know what I mean? But you have to judge everything. So the Holy Spirit has not passed away. Um, so most people don't have trouble with the Holy Spirit. Most people have trouble with the tongues thing. How many know that's true? The tongues thing is, is and some people say, well, do I have to speak in tongues? I said, no, you get to. Because in most places in the New Testament where they receive this gift, it says they spoke in tongues. And magnified God. In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. It's one of the signs of a believer. They will speak with new tongues. So what is the purpose of tongues? What is the purpose of tongues? This is what I want to talk to you about. This is my sermon now. Ready? What time is it? Oh, I guess my time's up. You want me to go through this real fast? Okay, so... So what is the purpose of tongues? Well, first of all, in Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 9, it says this. The Lord says, For then I will restore to the people a pure language, that they may all call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. Remember what it said in the upper room, they were all with one accord? He said, I will restore, I'll restore to the people a pure language, a pure language. So what does that mean, a pure language? Notice that he said, I will. He didn't say they'll learn a pure language. He said, I will restore to them. I'll give them. God is saying, I'm going to give them a pure language. So it's going to come from me. And a pure language is a language that's not polluted by or affected by selfishness, guile, or human logic. 
Because Paul said when you pray in an unknown tongue, he says your spirit prays, but your understanding is unfruitful. In other words, it doesn't come from your mind. It comes from your heart. One of the biggest hindrances when I pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of the biggest hindrances is their mind. Paul said, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. See, they're trying to figure this out. When you try to figure things out, how many know it's hard to figure God out? God is a spirit. Amen. He's not a mind. He's a spirit. And so what happens is a lot of times when people sit there, they'll think, they'll think about it. So I always tell people, put your mind on Jesus. See Jesus there with his hands outstretched to you, giving you a gift. Just hold, hold that picture in your mind. And then you'll, what you'll do is you'll start to feel a stirring in your belly. Because Jesus said, out of your belly. You'll start to feel a stirring in your belly. And all of a sudden, words will start to come up out of you. And then as you speak, the Holy Spirit will give you utterance. But the Holy Spirit does not speak. You speak. The Holy Spirit gives you utterance, but you actually speak. But it's a pure language. It's a pure language. Let's look at this one here. 1 Corinthians 14. He says, for if I pray in a tongue, this is Paul saying, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, that's in tongues. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. I will also sing with the understanding. So he said, I pray in the spirit with tongues and I sing in the spirit. I pray with the understanding, that's with your intellect. And I sing with my understanding, my intellect. And so he said he did both things. And so here's the thing. Somebody says, I, I, I need to quit. But um, <clears throat> So what is the benefit? I was going to talk about something else. Maybe I'll talk about this again. You guys want to hear this again? Everybody's going. Uh, <laughs> let me give you four. I got ten, but should I give you four? Try four. So what are the benefits of speaking in tongues? These are Bible benefits. These aren't from Steve. These are from the Bible. The first one is personal edification. The first benefit is personal edification. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, the Apostle Paul says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. In Jude chapter 1, verse 20, says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit. So praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, what he talks about here, is a way of personal edification. Personal edification. Personally being edified. Now, are there other ways? Sure. There are other ways to be edified. But this is a supernatural way that God has provided. Paul says that when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays and I edify myself. I build myself up. What I've learned, you know, the house that we live in, I mean, it's not a palace. It's a little 40-acre farm, a mule, and, and I'm the, the guy that rides the mule. Nah, we don't have a mule, but we were going to get a goat, but I heard too many horror stories about goats. But, but um, we try to keep two cats alive, and that's a challenge. One good news, just to tell you, somebody goes, are you mean to those cats? Just to tell you, we gave one of our cats away to Jer and Katie. They live about three miles away. Three days later, the cat showed up. <laughs> so he's a, I'm going to start calling him Boomerang. I think they call him Rocky. I'm going to call him Boomerang. I don't know why I said all that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember now. So the place that we're living at right now, years ago, I, I, we were driving from Minneapolis to Ashby. I got to quit. Can I tell you this story? We were driving from Minneapolis to Ashby. And, I, and my, wife went to, my wife, I used to tease her. I said, when I start the car up, you fall asleep. You know, we could talk. This is good bonding time. But all the kids were in the car, so we, everybody fell asleep. So I'm driving all by myself in the night. And so I thought, well, I'm going to pray. So I prayed, I just felt the unction to pray. I prayed in the spirit from Minneapolis to Ashby, two and a half hours. As soon as I got off the Ashby exit, the Lord spoke to me and said, call this realtor. 
That's all. Call this realtor. So the next day I called the realtor and we were talking about doing something here at the church about, this is years ago, and, uh, and so he said to me, because Trisha and I used to live here, not, this wasn't all here then, but, and he goes, well, well if you add on, where are you going to live? And I said, I don't know. He goes, I know a farm just two miles from here, three miles from here. I go, is it for sale? Well, they contacted me and they wanted to sell it, but I told them what it was worth and they said they wanted more. And so they never put it on the market. It's been vacant for a year. And, but, I, but he said, basically, I'm the only one that knows they want to sell it. I said, well, let's go look at it. So I went and looked at it. My wife and I settled on a price, and we got it for that price. But the, the, what I'm saying is that by, when I was praying in the Holy Spirit, when I was praying in tongues, when I got done, the Holy Spirit said, call this realtor. That's how I ended up at that place. Now, I could give you a lot of different stories about that, but I'm just saying that it's a benefit because you're stirring up your spirit. God, remember, God is a spirit. God doesn't contact you through your mind. He contacts you through your spirit. How many know there's a lot of good ideas that aren't God ideas? I think I'm going to do this. Sounds like a good idea. It might be the worst idea in the world. We need some God ideas, right? So the first thing is we edify ourselves. The second thing is we pray for people in situations that we're not sure how to pray. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. We do not want to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be put in articulate speech. It says uttered, but actually it's articulated. So he says that we have a weakness. All of us do. The weakness is we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Like I can see you, like sometimes I look at you and I go, man, you look like you're carrying the world on your shoulders. I don't know how to pray for you. I don't know what to say. I could say, Lord, bless this person. And I do that. But, but also the Holy Spirit, he says he's the helper. He will help us pray. So I go, Holy Spirit, I don't know, what, I don't know how to pray for this person. I call their name out. I don't know how to pray for this person. So I ask you to help me pray for this person. Sometimes he initiates a prayer, but sometimes I initiate it. I initiate by praying, and I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. Help me, Holy Spirit, to pray for this person. And I pray in the Spirit or pray in tongues. The third reason that we pray in tongues is that our sensitivity to spiritual things increase. Our sensitivity to spiritual things increase. Paul talked about this principle. You sow to the flesh, you from the flesh reap what? Corruption. Oh, that was one of those, what's your name, Bill? It rhymes with hill. We sow to the flesh, we from the flesh reap corruption. We sow to the spirit, we from the spirit reap life. So it's a sowing thing. The kingdom of God operates on sowing and reaping. So because praying in tongues is a spiritual activity, when you pray in tongues, you're sowing to the Spirit. It's a spiritual activity, and you're going to reap from the Spirit life. Amen. Everybody that does it is reaping from the Spirit life. And then the last one is that praying in tongues gives us a spiritual refreshing. Isaiah 28, and Paul quotes this verse in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, With stammering lips in another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. How many ever heard of R&R? &R? Rest and refreshing. That's what it says. He'll give them stammering lips in another tongue, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, R&R, &R, rest and refreshing. Amen? And so, is the baptism, we call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues available to everyone? And the answer is yes. It doesn't mean that you need it to go to heaven or you need it to be saved. You don't. Receiving Christ is what qualifies you for heaven, qualifies you for salvation. This is just an added benefit. 
That's all it is. An added benefit that God offers to every single one of his children. You see, some people say, well, it's not for everybody. But every time the Holy Spirit was poured out, he fell on everybody. And everybody was filled and began to speak in other tongues. Amen? If you're a child of God, this, this experience is for you. You don't have to have it, but you should have it. Jesus told the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Let's all stand together. How many of that makes sense? Let me pray over you, okay? <clears throat> Lord, we just thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation, resting on your people today. I can argue these points until the cows come home. But Lord, it's your, it's your revelation that gives us insight into your scriptures. And Lord, we just pray that if there's anybody here that's never received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they want to, Lord, let their heart be open and let them be receptive right now, we pray. In the name of Jesus. So let's sing this song.
Praise God. God's good. I want to give you the opportunity to receive this gift if you've never received it. I, I don't like to call the Holy Spirit an it because he is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead. He is God. And um, he wants to make your body his home. Paul said, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I mean, I don't know, but let me, let me just ask you this question. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. If you're here this morning, you've never received Christ into your life. Remember I said that Christ is God's gift to the sinner. You never received Christ. Would like to receive him this morning. Could I just see your hand? Just put it up so I could see it. Anybody here? God bless you, young lady. Anybody else would like to receive Christ? Can't really see very good, but <clears throat> if you did raise your hand, you might want to wave it at me. But Okay, let me ask you this question then. Is there anybody here who would like to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? God bless you, young lady. Anybody else would like to receive, have not received? You're a Christian, God bless you. But I would like to receive. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to dismiss the service. So maybe if you guys could just kind of make your way out. There's some fellowship stuff to drink out there. And if you, if you raise your hand on any one of those callings, or you should have raised your hand, as soon as I dismiss, just make your way forward. And I need the prayer counselors to come up here and to pray and make sure you tell the prayer counselor that you're coming to receive Christ or you're coming to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. But if you have other prayer request, you need prayer for something else. You need healing. You need um, a, somebody to agree with you for somebody in your life or some issue in your life, spiritual, mental, emotional, whatever. Then as soon as I dismiss, just make your way forward. The prayer counselors will be glad to pray for you. Are you blessed? Are you glad you came to church? You brave, hearty souls sludging through the, I was going to say the heat and the cold, but more the cold and the snow. But it's been great being with you guys today. I hope you learned something today. So as soon as I dismiss, make sure you make your way forward if you need prayer, okay? God bless you, everybody. You're free to go, but please come forward for prayer.